Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I am so excited because today we are learning all about cycle syncing. If you have been following along with me on Instagram or even in the podcast, you know that I have been dealing with my reproductive health and getting off of birth control and kind of struggling to get my period back for a while. So this is perfect timing to dive into all of this. This is something that I'm so excited to learn more about and add in to my life to really improve how I'm operating in business. So Katie is going to give us all of the information that we need to really sync our cycles. So Katie is a nurse entrepreneur specializing in healing touch and plant medicine for women's health. Her practice, Your Higher Path Healing, was founded in 2018. She finds joy in helping people achieve that blissed out feeling through HT, plant medicine, assisted meditations, and healing rituals and ceremonies. Through her career, she has aimed to create and cultivate safe and sacred spaces for patients and clients to connect to their divine inside and find healing from within. She believes we all have the power to heal ourselves. Reaching the state of being and awareness takes skill and practice and is attainable for all. Katie began her work in energy medicine after her spiritual awakening during a trip to Malawi, Africa in 2015. Cannabis became her chosen plant spirit medicine after a serious illness left her husband in chronic pain. Her love for this plant was reborn through her own healing journey of losing her voice to a surgical complication from Hashimoto's. In her free time, she enjoys pottery and often shares her art as a form of sacred medicine. Katie Gross, welcome to the Female CEO Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of the information that you have on just like everything going on inside of us, like physically, but also like mentally and spiritually with us. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here and, and seeing um, women like you just taking on like a CEO podcast brings me great hope for the future of women and our, in our world. So I'm so excited to be here and having this conversation with you, especially around what's happening in your life right now. So, oh, thank you so much. That means the world. I am just, you know, hoping to empower more women to become their own bosses. I think we need more female CEOs in the world. So, I love being able to connect with other women who are running their own business and just kind of like lift them up and talk about the nuances. And I know that cycle syncing, especially, and like, spiritual journey through entrepreneurship has been so key for me. And I know that like adding cycle syncing in and just like getting so much more in tune with my body will all 
support my business and like support me as a business woman. Um, so I really feel like that's kind of what this show is all about is just having those like nuanced conversations that can help us all add tools into our toolbox to become the best version of ourselves. And I feel like cycle syncing and, you know, plant medicine healing, even spirituality is stuff that still just is not talked about a lot. So I'm so excited to give you this space too, to share all of this information with us. So Katie, kick things off for us. Tell us a little bit more about your story, your journey, and kind of how you ended up here being this expert in cycle syncing, in plant medicine, all of this. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for allowing me to share. Um, and so my my journey started, I say, in really high school. Um, my, I had a chronic, I had a grandmother who was chronically ill. And so I spent a lot of time at a, in a hospital at, at her bedside. And I watched nurses. There were certain nurses that I could watch my grandmother's light perk up. And there were other practitioners that would come in and she would have a different response. And so I always thought I I attributed nursing with healing. And so, um, and I saw those nurses that had that presence about them that really brought that light out of my grandmother. And I wanted to be one of those nurses. And so I went to school. I got my four-year degree. Um, I was a high achiever, highly stressed, right? Achieve, achieve, get the grades, get the grade. I I walked across the stage. I got my summa cum laude, but I came out and I was pretty burnt already um, Mm. just from nursing school. Um, And then I went right into intensive care because Mm -hmm. I was going to be the smartest nurse. (laughs) And um, I wanted to prove my my worth through how smart I was, right? Yeah. And it was uh, within probably pretty Within the first three to six months, I had a complete breakdown. Um, I was wow. having anxiety attacks on my knees. I I was paralyzed in fear to have to go to work. And so I was like, okay, well, this isn't exactly what I signed up for. And so I had yeah. a lot of, you know, misillusion around what the profession of nursing was like and what working in the hospital setting was like. And I really, I, I really was, it was really sad for me. I uh, went on to do hospice work and that's really where that, connection between spirituality and nursing really came full circle for me um, and just really tending to people as they're dying. Um, And then I burnt out there as well through some compassion fatigue and then found myself here in the Twin Cities. We relocated and I found myself in Africa on a medical mission trip. And for the first time in my life, I didn't feel hypervigilant or anxious. I actually yeah. felt present in the moment and present in my body. And I thought, what the hell is this? And how do I, how do I keep this feeling forever? Like I want this yeah. feeling forever. I never want it to go away. And um, it wasn't long after that, that I was back in hospice and I was at a patient's bedside and they, that patient's family had hired a healing touch practitioner to support her transition and end of life. And so I watched this radiant woman waving her arms above this, my patient. And I watched my patient's breathing just get, so relaxed and so peaceful. And I asked her, I said, what are you, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm doing healing touch. Are you familiar? And I said, actually, I am familiar. I said, it's come up a couple of times in my nursing career. And she stopped and she just had this like about her. And she said, well, then you're being called to the work and you're not paying attention. Oh. And I was just <sighs> like, shit, she's right. <laughs> And so I took my first class and the first time I felt energy in my hands, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. This is the healing 
that I have been seeking and searching for. This is what can really help people. And this is what has I've been looking for in my traditional roles nursing as a nurse, but never found. And within the first three, by the first, the third class, I was like, this is my, this is my mission. I'm, I'm opening a business. And so I, my first business was actually out of this room um, in my home. And I saw people, my intention was to just do this part-time and have a nice vacation once a year. And then I started miracles, started watching miracles happen. And I was like, I can do way more for people in this side of the world, this side of medicine and healing than I ever could in the traditional setting of nursing. And so I left and um, I haven't looked back. Um, And I I just want to echo what you say in that spiritual journey. Like if you want a spiritual journey, be your own business, become your own business owner because you have, there is no room for your shit, girlfriend. You have to get over your shit, over your self-worth problem, like your self-worth wounds, like all of that baggage will keep you from being a successful business owner. And so that has been a huge process for me. Um, And then in the midst of that, I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress. I lost my voice. Um, And it's been this beautiful journey. And I am just so grateful to be here in 2023 and feeling so much more empowered and aligned with my truth and ready to take on the world and have four years of experience of helping women get more connected to that divine inside. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is by connecting to the moon cycle and to our infradian rhythm and to our own body cycles. And so when I started paying attention to my cycle, um, there was something locked in for me, something clicked. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was able to achieve that flow state where things come naturally, right? You're, you're hammering yeah. out a blog post and it comes out in like three minutes versus struggling and brain fucking it, right? Mm-hmm. That it was really that flow state that I began to recognize when I was in it and when I was out of it. And understanding where I was in my cycle was a key part of that for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's dive right in to that mm-hmm. about how we can, you know, get more in tune with our bodies, but how that can support us in our business. Like you said, like how that can make things easier. Yeah. So I think from the, the first step is for us to look to, as women, as when, women entrepreneurs, women CEOs, I think I hear this so often that women say, well, I'm not creative. If I'm yeah. not an artist, I'm not creative. That's bullshit. Yes. You, you're a business owner. You are creative. You, you, gave, you became your own CEO because you saw a different way of doing things. And so I think oftentimes as women, we want to look for external validation on the outside that what we're doing from the, this feeling from within is real, right? Um, and that idea of creativity. Well, we, we have wombs. We, we are the portal of creativity, ladies. Like regardless of whether you want to claim create being creative or not, like you are a creative force, and wow. um, and so really just getting in touch with that womb space and understanding more about the cycle. But the cycle has four parts to it. Um, the okay. first phase of the cycle is menstruation. That's when we're bleeding. And for for those who aren't bleeding, whether that's through hormonal birth control, which I've got lots of opinions on, if we get to that. Um, or if you've had a hysterectomy or whatever, we can also kind of take this same information and apply it to the moon cycle. So menstruation and the new moon are kind of like equal, if you think about that. And that is the time when a woman should should really be, it it is when we are our most sensitive. Mm. And it's really a time where we, to, to come within, to really retreat within. This is a time where I'm not going out to the movies. I'm not going on dates with my husband. Um, I just want to be alone with myself. I'm sitting in the dark. I'm journaling. 
Um, and that's really my time to reflect and to replenish. Um, and we'll come back to some rituals that I do during my bleed times um, in a minute. And then that after you bleed, the second phase is follicular phase. Um, and that's the phase where we are our most open from like a brain standpoint. This is when we should be brainstorming. This is when we should be getting all of our ideas out on paper. Um, this might be a time where we're having great conversations with girlfriends that are kind of eliciting or inspiring us. Um, then that third phase is ovulation and that's the magic. And that kind of equates to the full moon. That's when we're our most magnetic. Um, if you're familiar with Kate Northrup, um, her book called Do Less talks about egg wisdom, which was so powerful, right? The egg actually decides which sperm gets in. Did you know that? It's not the no. first sperm that gets there. The egg decides which sperm is, is worthy of wow. penetrating her. Okay, so, right? I mean, that's, like, kind of a big deal. Like, women yeah. are powerful. We, yeah. we, we are, yeah. So, so that's when we're our most magnetic. So that's when you should be out networking. That's mm -hmm. when you should be putting out some of those things that you really want to grow. Right. Um, and then the last phase is the luteal phase. And that's, I think when the, the phase that most women like hate, right. Cause that's that, mm -hmm. that's the two weeks before I bleed. And usually the week before is, you know, PMS and some of us who have PMDD, right. Which that can get yeah. to be a really freaking miserable time of being right. Yeah, but there is an energy within us. If you if you sit and you get quiet and you understand that luteal energy, it is get shit done. We are we are meant to expend that energy. That is part mm -hmm. of our creative force. And so wow. when we are sitting on the couch or when we're not active, right, that energy is going to build, and that we don't have any, and there isn't any creative force to, for it to go. Mm -hmm. That's when we get symptoms like PMS and PMDD. Oh wow. Um, when we don't, when we aren't moving that energy through, mm -hmm. um, when we don't have safe spaces, this is when oftentimes we can feel rage and anger, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but it can also be like a super productive, productive time. This is when you want to be cleaning your kitchen and cleaning your bathrooms, right? You have all this excess energy to do something with it. Um, and so that's the, that's the luteal phase. And so mm -hmm. really tracking your cycle, and understanding those different phases and really getting in tune with the energy for yourself of those phases, um, then you're not going against the curve, right? Then you're not pushing mm -hmm. against the rhythm of your own body. You're not trying mm -hmm. to be creative when you're bleeding. Mm -hmm. You're not going to want to be creative when you're bleeding. Yeah. Um, and you're not resisting this experience of, right? Lean into it. What is the about and get the out um, so that you can be clear to be that presence in the world that you're being called to be. Wow. I love that. I feel like that gives us as women so much more grace mm. instead of, you know, doing that pushing and it's like, well, why can't I come up with ideas or why can't I get this shit done right now? Like, why is my creativity not flowing? Or even like for me, I want to go like into a hole. I want to be alone. Like, and I don't really want to be seen. Like I have a hard time like showing up on social media more in that like menstruating and like luteal phase. Like I just kind of want to like be in my shell and I am so hard on myself. It's so easy for me to start beating myself up and be like, why, why won't you just hit post? 
but then understanding Mm -hmm. what's actually going on and how you can work around that and really work with it, I feel like will make the the internal struggle that so many of us feel as women, especially as entrepreneurs, like just make that battle so much easier. So we don't feel like we're constantly like fighting ourselves. Well, right. Because we, we aren't trusting innately what our body is telling us, right. Because of this Mm -hmm. external world and validation men, we, they reset their cycles every 24 hours. We reset our cycles every 28 days. And so how we operate in the world is going to look very different than how a man operates in the world. And so my recommendation in that would be on your ovulation phase, or in that first maybe week of luteal where you're feeling, you're not feeling like shit yet. That's that then post your shit for the whole month. Get, mm. you know, get your stuff scheduled because that's when you're yeah. most magnetic. That's when you're most juicy and charged up. And that's, what's going to then draw and attract clients, you know, or, or followers or however, you know, you want to say that um, to you is because your energy is most aligned and juicy when you're ovulating. That's how I do it. Wow. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, how you kind of implement this um, Mm. and what maybe like your month looks like following your phases while also running a business. Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you the hardest one for me to implement because I am, I am a woman with poor boundaries. I am a healer. I want to help everyone. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I want to be a source of light and inspiration for everyone to my own detriment at times. Um, I do not touch anybody when I'm bleeding as a body worker and as an energy practitioner, my books are closed the week that I'm menstruating. Wow. Um, And I really hold firm to that boundary because again, that's when I'm most sensitive. And when you look at this kind of cycle management from a month to month basis, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I look at my cycle this month as a way of how aligned am I going to be for next month? Right. Wow. Every, every cycle kind of builds on the next one. Um, and so if I've gotten through this cycle and it's like, okay, I've really got this stuff fine tuned. I feel like the next cycle is just that much more productive and that much more creative and that much more in the flow state. Yeah. So I don't touch anybody when I'm bleeding. Um, I, I really try to schedule a heavy client, like a heavy client load when I, on my week that I'm ovulating and that's when I'm doing my networking. Um, and then in the luteal phase is really when, um, I, those things that may be necessary, I'm not like super excited about doing, um, mm-hmm. but I know I need to get done. I know that I'll have that energy to get it done and luteal. So I might push things back um, for those certain times because I know I'll have that extra oomph to, to, and desire to get that stuff hammered out. Wow. Um, but then from a, from a personal standpoint, what I do and from a spirit, my own spirituality, and I, I pass this on to my clients um, is I really honor I honor myself when I'm bleeding. Um, so often what I will do is I'll buy myself some roses and I'll keep them in the bathroom. And so I get to enjoy that every time I go in and change my, my change my tampon, right? Yeah. Um, and then one of my favorite things that I do, and people seem to love this, is um, I am I always take out my bathroom garbage. My husband knows like that's, and that is, you know, we're bleeding, we're shedding, right? And each cycle we become new. And I think one of the things that we don't recognize and honor as women is, is our life cycle. And we are always dying and rebirthing, dying and rebirthing, dying and rebirthing. And so when I take out my bathroom garbage and I throw it into the big garbage, it's that time of me to say goodbye to the old Katie, the old woman that once was right. Those ego shadows, 
that the ego masks that I project out to keep myself safe, right? Um, all of those old patterns that no longer work for me, um, the old emotions that have now moved through. That's really my time to just be with myself and say, man, you've done really good work this, this cycle, girl. Like you've let go of a lot of your shit and your baggage and now it's time to move anew. And, um, and so that's my personal ritual that I do. Yeah. Um, just as a time to just pause and reflect. Cause I think we could just keep going and not really recognize that in these 28 days, I grew an entire uterine lining and now I've shed it. And that's pieces of me that are leaving. Wow. That's so powerful. I love how you bring this depth to something that we have dealt with for so long. You know, you get your first period when you are like a young girl and it's, it almost becomes like a little bit like a burden or it's just, you know, it's something you just have to deal with. Like, It is what it is. And I love that you just take that extra time to really understand like what's going on and like appreciate that and respect that. I love the roses in the bathroom. That's genius. I will be doing that next month. Like just something so small because you, you are spending more time in there than normal. Um, And just like little things to make that more enjoyable. But the, the like, imagery of you like shedding I love that because you you I mean you literally are shedding but yeah Mm -hmm. like what you said about you know what I have gone through this cycle what I have let go of emotionally like now it is like leaving my body it's gone yes and that feels so empowering because sometimes I feel like as we're doing mindset work you know we're releasing things we're letting go it's easy for it to come back in a couple of months and kind of creep back in. But when you have that like physical proof, like you have that action of like, no, it left, it's gone. It ain't coming back. And remembering that too. Like if you, like you start having those thoughts in a couple of months, you're like, wait, no, like it's, it's literally gone. I let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an easy shift. It's like a pivot point, right? In our brain. Yeah, exactly. Because a ritual, wow. a ritual is a, is an outside action that really reflects something that's happened inward, right? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that that's so powerful. I love that. And just kind of, I love how it's almost like owning this mm. part of you as a woman and just becoming more comfortable with it. Almost like becoming like like friends or like partners with it in a way like you're able to kind of work with it in a way that serves you instead of it just being like a few annoying uncomfortable days in your month that you almost like dread when Mm -hmm. it comes now I feel like that's almost a complete mindset shift for me at least like this is like it's a rebirth like I'm I'm getting rid of everything like once this is over like new Courtney's here it's a new version it's a new month Wow. I love right? this. <laughs> well, and just think of all the programming that we have as little as little girls who learn about our periods and what we're yeah. taught about it and like how we're in uh, initially how we're interacting. I mean, it's already an awkward phase in puberty. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a shit show, really. And like <laughs> many of us don't really as we go through our womanhood, we don't really have I mean, 
we have women problems. We get endometriosis, we get fibroids, but we don't ever really come back to like, what does this mean for me? Right. As like a woman in my body. Um, I feel like we're, we're still kind of all stuck in like the, the trauma of like our first couple of periods. Right. Like, and like having to tell our family, you know what I mean? It was like, for me, it was, it was fucking awful. I'm just going to say that straight up. Like it was awful. Um, I had a horrible first period experience. Um, it, it was, yeah, I, I know that I'm, I'm not alone in that. Right. And so yeah, no. this is a way I, to really kind of come claim it for yourself yes. in a new way. Wow. Because we claim it from a disease and illness standpoint. And this is where I, can, yeah. this is where I get really impassioned when it comes to women's mental, women's health and women's mental health. Right. Yeah. Is that we come to, to interact with the diagnosis part of things, but not what is true and natural for our bodies. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then it's such a thing too, to like shut off that, that cycle, that system to, (laughs) you know, not because it, it, it's just like a burden. It feels like a burden. So if you can skip it, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) So Let's you you mentioned that you have some thoughts on hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. I do as well. Um, so just like a little background, I, we touched on this a little bit off air, but just a little background for you and also anyone listening. I was put on birth control at an age that was so young. It's absolutely mind blowing to me. And it was for something as simple as my skin. My dermatologist prescribed me <clears throat> birth control. I thought I was your like a dermatologist. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just needed to hear that correctly. And then I'm yeah. going to, this is me getting, staying in my body and not getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was, so I, I thought I was like a, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, but I was talking to my mom about it. And she said, no, you were in eighth grade. And I was like, what? And so I've been on it, had been on it for, you know, like, around 10 years, you know, more or less, because I can't actually remember exactly when I was put on it. And I was so scared to come off of it for Mm. the symptoms that I was going to experience. And my boyfriend for a couple of years had been like, hey, like this, like I'm seeing some stuff and like, this is not good for you. I think you might want to consider coming off of the pill. I was like, "Mm." good man. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. That sounds pretty scary. Like, I don't, <laughs> like it, it's, it's working for me, you know? And that was honestly probably like two years ago. And he kept kind of, he'd say things every once in a while. And then eventually he said something last fall. And I was like, you know what? Like, this actually feels like the right time for me. Like, I'm ready to take control. Like, I want to get to know my body because I realized like, my body had been essentially like running on autopilot since I was like, like 13, 14, like it just completely on autopilot. And so I was like, you know what? We're done. And I read a book um, called beyond the pill as I was getting off of it and learned about the like long-term effects that birth control can have on you and just like how you are predisposing yourself to so many diseases and cancers from being on the pill. And I got so angry. I was 
furious. I was like, my dermatologist prescribed this to me for some like mild to moderate acne. And I was not told about any of this. And I feel like that is such a huge thing. It's just used as this band-aid and no one is told the side effects or potential risks. And we just take it. And I was reading all of this and I got so scared. And I was like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe like that was just given to me as I was so young. And I can't believe that I so naively took it for so long without looking into it myself. And it was, it was crazy. And then you, you're going to love this one though. So I, I came off of the pill. I didn't get my period for like four months, um, which I learned like, or like three months to get your period back can be like normal. So I wasn't too concerned about it. I go get my, my annual well woman check. And my gynecologist is like, oh, this is a problem. And is like very concerned that I haven't had my period. We do all sorts of tests. She's poking and prodding me. I'm getting ultrasounds. She's telling me I probably have PCOS. Everything comes back perfectly fine. But the amount of times she tried to get me to go back on birth control to get my period back, I was like, this makes no sense. I don't have a period right now because I've been on birth control for how long? I want to heal my body now. So by the time I do want to have children, I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to deal with the stress, deal with the healing. Like I'm good to go. Why? Why would I go back on birth control for another three years just to do this again? Like, oh my gosh. So that is, um, I also feel passionately about hormonal birth control. So please, I, and I know you are going to have so much more like expertise and knowledge behind this. Please share with the audience your, your opinions, your rant, because this is a conversation <laughs> that needs to be had and like something that I just wish I would have heard a long time ago. So let's put it out there. All right. Well, first of all, I just want to honor you for trusting yourself and for advocating for yourself. Thank um, you. I think we are in a state of the world right now with medical, uh, with our traditional and conventional medical system where there isn't a lot of trust with patients and with providers. Yeah. Um, and I think that more and more people are waking up to the fact that the doctor doesn't know everything. The doctor that we have given our authority, we have given our authority and our sovereignty over to people with drugs that will tell us what is best for us and our bodies. And I think we're all kind of over that. And so I just want to say congrats to you for sticking up to that OB and saying, I ain't going back on birth control. Mm -mm. Um, Thank you. I will tell you the moment where that rage hit me. Um, yeah. I was in a functional medicine workshop <clears throat> after I got into healing touch. I really, this, this continued disillusionment that I had in traditional and what conventional medicine just got worse. Because mm -hmm. it was just like all of this stuff we're feeding people is total bullshit. And, and it's, a, it's a huge power differential. And I just can't, I don't agree with that system. I don't fit in that system. I don't believe in that system. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really got into functional medicine. And I was sitting and she was unpacking all of the nutritional deficiencies that we get on hormonal birth control. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, holy shit. No one told me that this is going to suck the B vitamins out of your, out of your body. Like, and the, wow. the lasting impacts of these nutritional deficiencies yeah. from birth control. That's, that's when the rage set in for me. Wow. Um, but I don't even know where we're going with this, but I, I will tell you 
this is my personal belief around birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been overly used by far um, yeah. for, for symptoms, for treatment of something, right? Mm-hmm. What I personally think it does is it keeps women asleep and it keeps them numbed out. It keeps mm. them away, d- disconnected from their innate intelligence. Wow. Um, and I think that's a real problem in the world. And I think that's why we see the problems in our society right now is because we, we, we don't, we're not an equal and balanced society. We're male dominated, right? And if we had women that were more in tune with their bodies off of birth control, that they could actually feel their bodies yeah. and feel their cycles and, and, and be in tune with their femininity, I think our world would look a whole lot different. Wow. I think we would be living in communities. I think we would, I think we would be problem solving and collaborating. I think that we'd be able to create new systems that support, um, you know, families and, and not capitalism. Right. I think the world would be really different if every woman knew that birth, not being on birth control was an option and that it didn't have to be scary to come off of it. Right. There is. So I remember going off, but I was scared shitless. I was like, Oh my God, am I going to bleed for three weeks? Like, what's this going to be like? Am I going to be like super emotional and crazy? Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and now, I mean, I'm like, oh yeah, I could never go back. Yeah. No, definitely not. So do you have, I mean, what do you do or recommend for birth control alternatives? So for Mm -hmm. someone who's listening to this and is like, okay, okay. Like what, what are the other options that are safe or okay to help you stay in tune with your body without kind of numbing it out? Yeah. Yeah. To, specifically for like contraception, you mean? Um, or- yeah, just, yeah, birth <clears throat> control, just like other alternatives. So for someone who's like, okay, sure, maybe maybe it is time to come off the pill, but like, what do I do next? Just yeah. any advice there to help kind of bridge that. Well, gap. I would always recommend. I mean, to find a provider that you trust and to work in collaboration with a provider. Um, and I think having a plan to go off of and, and then to just be real about what symptoms might pop up for you and then have an action plan on what to do with those symptoms. Right. So if we're worried about our skin, if we're worried about cramping, um, and have a plan and then like have a plan to like really take care and nurture yourself. You know, today it's cold in Minnesota. I'm wearing like my yummy grandma sweatshirt, like my grandma sweater, like having those extra items of comfort around, you know, body pillows and scented eye masks and all those things to like, just be yummy and take care, good care of your body would be like the top thing I would recommend. Um, Yeah. Just like going above and beyond to like really care for your body through that process. Um, And then, you know, again, having, having a provider that, that you trust that can walk you through that experience and then trusting your body to know that it, it will re it will rewrite its course. And it might take time, especially yeah. if you've been on it for a really long time, it's going to take some time to mm-hmm. shift and to adjust. Um, but to trust the, the innate wisdom of our body, our body is always moving towards healing. Always, wow. always, always, always moving towards healing. And so when we give ourselves a chemical that is, you know, designed to trick our bodies into thinking that we're pregnant all the time, because that's what it does. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't be moving towards healing. It's it, there's a, there's a, con, there's a level of confusion that's happening within our bodies in that point. And so just Absolutely. really trusting it to know that it, it, it knows what to do. It knows what to do. So true. So true. I love that. I was, I was scared too. And then mm-hmm. kind of when I hit that three month mark and still hadn't gotten it, I was like, 
okay. But I could feel myself, like I could start feeling the different phases in my cycle, like more and more each month. It was mm-hmm. so interesting. I was like, my body is going through the motions and it's like, it's getting better at doing this each mm-hmm. month. Like I know it's only a matter of time until I get it back, but it cool. it is interesting. Like how much you feel and how different yes. it is. Yes. That's, that's it right there. It's how much you feel. Yeah. Like you feel so much more alive off of birth control. I echo yeah. that 1000%. And I also love what you say, like, then as a business owner, right? So if you're trusting more of your body, right? You can trust more of yourself in business. You can trust more mm-hmm. of your voice. You can trust more of your decision-making because you wow. have this this more, this more closer relationship to yourself. Yeah. Ooh, that's powerful. So we're, we're talking a lot about intuition and really mm-hmm. trusting our bodies. And I love how you were talking about, you know, if if women were all more in tune with their bodies and their intuitions, the world would be a different place. And this is a hard lesson that I had to learn in my business journey was really trusting my gut, was trusting my intuition and learning to listen to that and honor that. Do you have any any advice to share or just any information when it comes to like the fact that we are intuitive beings, but we are so disconnected from that in today's day and age and kind of how to plug back into that? Mm. That's a great question. Well, one of the things that just came to me recently was, so I'm a nurse entrepreneur. I love to tell people all the time I'm a nurse in private practice. And they all look at me and they're like, you can't do that. You have to have a doctor. And I go, no, I don't. Um, And so when we're trying as business owners, we're here to create, right? And I think a lot of times as women, we look outside of ourselves for that validation when we haven't created the thing yet. Mm. So it has to come from within, right? Yeah. We we won't see something. We might find inspiration, but we aren't going to find something that we're trying to create modeled back to us, right? We might have something that's similar. And so I think really, um, I think embodiment is really the key is to be fully present in your body, doing those 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 things that get you there, right? For me, it's dance, Nia. Um, it's cannabis. Um, there's lots of different things that help me get in tune with my physical body to be embodied. Um, because when you're in that state of being, there, then there's no denying it. There's no denying the intuition. There's no mistrusting it. Is this real? Mm -hmm. Is this not real? Because you feel it so strongly and powerfully from within that there could be no other possible way. But when we're up here, we can't feel those sensations of the body that say, "Mm, no, that might not be a good collaborative partner or, you know, this timing of this isn't quite right yet. Right. And just knowing that from within. Yeah. And just learning to trust that and like know that yeah. you're getting that you're receiving that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we all, we have these inner monologues, we have these gut feelings and we're just like, Oh, you be quiet. I'm going to keep doing this. Or like, I have this idea, but I need to run it by 12 different people first to get their yes. opinions and then take all of their edits. And I feel like that, like we just end up in businesses that are unaligned because we are taking other people's advice instead of just doing what we 
intuitively know is best or what to do. Like, because we don't, we don't trust ourselves. Yeah. So we're, we're second guessing it and we don't dive into it. And you end up in a business that feels unaligned, that causes you to burn out that you just Mm -hmm. don't even like, or awfully like a business that fails Yeah. because it just isn't right. And I'm a big believer that like you wouldn't be here. Like you wouldn't be an entrepreneur or you wouldn't have it on your heart to be an entrepreneur or a business owner if that's not what you should be doing. It's definitely mm-hmm. not for everyone. Totally. But <laughs> right. it's that means like it's it's for you. This is your journey. Listen to yourself, your wisdom to help you build that and not the opinions and ideas of others who like aren't on that journey with you. And that was a long lesson for me to learn yeah, that like I probably held I probably held myself back in business for a really long time by doing what other people told me to do and <laughs> taking other people's advice and having to run everything by other people first instead of just doing what felt right to me and as of very recently, I feel like I am in that place in my business now. And it's like so much more flowy and fun and enjoyable to be in because I'm just trusting myself and doing what I want. Amen, sister. I have a similar experience. I, how much, th- how many thousands of dollars I've spent on websites and business coaches, right? To, to tell you how to do it, how to do it. And it's like, and then I would, I would, I would, conclude my time with the coaches or whatever. And I'd be like, but I don't just, I don't subscribe to any of this other bullshit. And now here I, uh, I have, because I thought you had the answers because you've done it like this when really that's not how I see it or at all. And I think we forget that we're, our viewpoint is our viewpoint, our, our, our place in the world and how we see the world is ours. And that there's real value in that. In when we're trying to create something that's never been done before. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like you said, like it's never been done before. So quit quit looking to others to help you create that, to help bring that to life. Like that is yours. That's yours mm-hmm. to create and yours to bring into the world. And it's all it's like a crutch, you know, using yeah. other people and looking to other people for their opinions for you to not create or for you to not meet your potential. But look at what women have been programmed to believe about their bodies. So if we, if intuition and body wisdom comes from our bodies, right? Think of all of us that hold body shame. How can we begin to be connected to our bodies when we feel shameful about how our bodies look and how they, right? And so um, that's what, that's the work that I do with business women owners or women business owners, women business owners um, is to help them release that shame body right? Help them release that programming um, that made them believe anything other than the fact that they're divine inside. Um, And so that they can be able to tap into that potential that tap into that flow state on their own without Mm -hmm. that external resource that they can create safety for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they they can get into that space where their mind is open and and they have those ideas flowing and they have that confidence to be able to know what to do to move forward. Um, that wow. is what my work is dedicated to is for women to be more in tune and in sync with, with this part of their bodies mm-hmm. um, so that they can go out and change the world. I love that. So yeah. for someone who is experiencing, you know, like body shame, which I feel like is so 
widely felt in some way or another, like just insecurities with your body, what advice or like practices do Mm. you recommend to kind of start healing that part of yourself? Well, I think every healing journey is very, very different. Um, Mm, And it it really is kind of what I feel like that precipice, that event, that experience that brings you to that place of this is no longer working for me and I have to shift. I have to change. Right. Um, That's what I see most often is women hit this wall and they're like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like this is my one body. This is my one life. Like I'm done feeling shitty about myself. I'm going to like live my life now. Um, And so really in my work, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a solid, it's like a grounding session. It's like a recommitment to myself and to my truth and to my purpose. Um, and we clear that shit, we clear that baggage. Um, and, and we begin to repattern. Um, how do I, how do I want to show up in the world? Where are these old patterns showing up for me that get me stuck and how do I want to shift out of them? Um, and so that's, that's my work. But for somebody who's really just kind of getting into this realm of like, recognizing their own body shame. Um, you know, I think we've really over spiritualized a lot of things and I, that's like maybe for another topic or another podcast, but (laughs) this whole idea around self love, right. I feel like it's this like big thing outside of ourselves that is unattainable. Right. Um, I, I just invite women to just know and believe that we are all created to be divine inside. We are all expressions of the divine. And once you just decide that that's what you're going to believe about yourself, like I can just decide that that that's what I'm going to believe moving forward, that, you know what, there is a goddess in here. And when I believe, if, even if today I don't believe that there's a goddess in here, I'm just, I'm just in a bitchy mood. You can come back and you can try to decide tomorrow. But when you keep deciding that that's how you want to live and be in the world, that's when shit starts changing. That's when you're like, you know, this ain't working for me anymore. And I'm going to make different decisions moving forward. Wow. Ooh, that was potent. I love that. For me, a realization that I had around my body, my body image is something that I've always kind of like gone back and forth with and struggled with a bit. I was like, you know, this is like, this is my, it's a body. Like, this is my like meat sack that I'm in while the I'm here suit that carries yeah. the being in the body <laughs> yeah. yeah like it's just what I'm in while I'm yeah. here yeah. um and it's pretty cool like everything that it does to it does amazing things yeah. it does it heals itself it blisters and it heals itself like it's magical it creates life yeah it's it's crazy what mm-hmm. our bodies are capable of doing and the fact and I feel like a lot of this kind of comes back to like female reproductive system is I like don't really know what goes on and was learning actually like what was happening as I was coming off of birth control and I'm like you're telling me that I'm nearly 26 years old and I don't know how this works and I was talking with my friends and they were like yeah what why didn't we learn this like who why don't we know this information about what is actually going on inside of our bodies? So I feel like once you really do start to understand what's truly going on inside too, it gives you like an extra level of appreciation for your body and even like more grace 
for your yes. body, for yourself, for everything that it's doing for you. And you're just like, oh, hey, like, I appreciate you. You're looking good. Like, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, why? Why are we not <laughs> learning this information as women, you know, growing up? Like, it's mind boggling to me. We are grossly uneducated around our own bodies. Grossly yeah. uneducated, like health uneducated, for sure. So wild. Um, and if and I think that's that's the shift in the pivot is that when you recognize that this is a meat suit and that there's a being in the body, right? But that could get us into a whole nother topic around. And this is why I call myself a spiritual health nurse. This is why I do what I do. Is that I was going through life and people are like, oh, I'm not spiritual. I'm not spiritual. Mm. Oh, I'm not religious. Yep, I get it. But to mm -hmm. still have a being in this body that takes a different kind of care than our physical body. Yeah. And if we deny that being in the body and we just look at the three-dimensional physical world, we miss something. We really miss it. And um, and I think when that shift and that pivot happens, and then, then I think there is empowerment to then be better understand our bodies and what our bodies are trying to communicate. Our bodies are simply a metaphor. They are just communicating what the spirit through, through our bodies, our, our spirit communicates to us, right? Um, I have this book in my practice, it's called The Healing Questions. And it's my favorite thing to break out when people have laid on the table and they're like, I had one just recently. So fascinating, right? So healing touch is um, a gentle energy modality that helps get you into that state of bliss, right? That place between wakefulness and, and dreamlike state. And um, so much is revealed in that state of being. That is where we are connected to our inner healer and our inner teacher. And I had this, this, this client in and she had really shared this really interesting kind of experience she was moving through right in her, in her home life. And she woke up and she was like, my heels hurt. And so we go to the book and it's like, okay, what is your spirit trying to tell you that because your heels are hurting? Well, think about it. She was digging her heels in. She was resisting change. And so because it like her spirit was saying, you need to change here. This need, you're being called to do it differently. And her heels dug into that table, which then I was then able to validate for her what she already knew. I was just the space holder in the mirror for her to be like, I'm digging my heels in. I have to change. And it was her body's way of, that was how her body communicated with her, right? Is through that pain and through that discomfort. And so when we look at it from that lens, like that, we should be thankful for our bodies that they communicate to us in so many different ways about these spiritual imbalances or incongruencies within ourselves. And if we pause and listen, then we can unpack that and we can dig into that a little bit. We can release what needs to be released and we can move forward in joy and love, which is what we're all here for. That's incredible. So That's there's crazy. a big problem for women being disconnected from their bodies yeah. is because they're, they're disconnected from intelligence, from spirit. From wow. consciousness. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you have mentioned cannabis a couple of times and how that's kind yes. of your, your chosen plant medicine and has really kind of helped you on your healing, your spiritual journey. Tell mm -hmm. us some more about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Tell us some more. So cannabis and cacao are both kind of my plant spirit allies, if you will. Um, okay. I've been working with cannabis a little longer than I've been working with cacao. Um, 
my journey to cannabis is quite a story. Um, but I will, I'll tell you kind of the, the preface, the, like the explosion of it. Um, in 2021, I had my thyroid removed for Hashimoto's mm-hmm. and I lost my voice. I had suffered a surgical complication. Um, and it was actually during that time I was enrolled in the Pacific College of Health and Sciences for their medical cannabis certification. And this is kind of where, you know, the being in the body and the body coming together. Um, I, as, as an integrative practitioner, I see, I see great value in Western medicine. It has its place. Um, Mm -hmm. it does not do anything for prevention and health promotion in my, in my opinion, it's just all disease. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had gotten to a place with my thyroid where I needed surgical intervention, but I was also knew that my body was, that there was something going on here from a spiritual side of things that had lessons for me. And so, um, I opened one of my cannabis resource books that goes through all the different conditions and rates cannabis based, like the effect, uh, effectiveness of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what it has to say about thyroid. And so I, I look at it and it was like my experience to a T. Um, so I wow. suffer from co- complex post-traumatic stress. Um, and I have a lot of fear of my mother. I'm actually scared shitless of her. And, um, for a lot of reasons, Mm-hmm. And I read in this book about how the thyroid is the, um, it's, it's the, it's the gland of our emotions. And mm-hmm. it was just like, it hit all of these things. And I was like, holy shit, that is where my body is holding the trauma. Wow. And all of those times I held my voice back all those times. I didn't feel safe to speak up for myself. All those times yeah. I couldn't speak my boundaries. It's all here. And wow. now it needs to go. And so mm-hmm. I went into the surgery and I was like, I want, can I have the thyroid to like bury it and like do a ritual? And of course they wouldn't let me. Um, <laughs> but when I woke up and they said I didn't have a voice, like they legit told me like, you probably aren't going to talk again. Never once did I panic. I, there was no fear in my body. And, I, and now this is, this is now this wow. is a woman who has, who has run on persistent states of fear that my yeah. whole life. And I wasn't scared. And I was like, wow, what, why is this happening for me? Why is this happening for me? Mm-hmm. And I knew right away that cannabis was going to be able to do what I needed it to do. And so I, I, that's when I really got intentional around cannabis meditation and I would smoke weed and I would put on my throat chakra music and I would just meditate and I would just allow the medicine to help me recreate safety, help me find that balance with myself again. And I had my voice back in three months. Um, oh my I gosh. felt the moment that the nerve came back in, like I, because it was just excruciating pain. And, um, and I just, I knew I could heal myself. Um, wow. and I knew that I was going through this experience to be a testimony to share with other people that our bodies have innate po- the innate ability to heal itself. We just have to put it in that state of being in that state of presence so that it can do its mm. thing and going Absolutely. around chasing and being in chaos all the time is not the state of being it needs to be able to heal itself. Wow. Um, And so that's really where my love for her was reborn. And then as I began to unpack and realize like all of the things that that plant medicine showed me, showed me, um, one of, one of my favorite cannabis stories is, um, my husband and I, I was in the passenger seat. I was not driving. Mm -hmm. Um, we were stoned in Hawaii on our 10 year wedding anniversary and I was driving down the road and all of a sudden it was just this huge awareness of you've done it again, Katie. You continue to get into these patterns where you lose yourself in relationship with women. And here, here is how you've done it with your boss. And it was like, 
everything unraveled. And it was like, she showed me how I was contributing to my own suffering, how I was giving my power away. And that's how I interact with cannabis. I, I consider her a plant spirit. Um, I call her goddess Sophia. Um, and she really allows me to see myself and see my shit in a way that allows me to, to, to move through it and not to shame myself and not to feel shitty and to get critical. Um, but to just recognize like, okay, well that needs a little, that needs a little softening or you need to speak up for yourself a little bit more here, honey. And Mm -hmm. so it's just this nurturing teacher that is with me, um, that helps me. And then, and then coming back to that safety in the body, which is really the key of cannabis is resuming and retain, reattaining that safety for yourself. Wow. So for someone who is using cannabis as like a numbing agent, mm-hmm. you know, they're using it for like the exact opposite of yep. what you are explaining. What, what would you say to them? How do they shift the mindset of when they're using How are they able to then like get benefits out of it? Because I agree with you. I have had some like very insightful moments to myself that have been very profound of being like, Mm -hmm. wow, like these are changes that I need to make or have even helped me like grow my self-confidence. Like I'm just sitting there with myself or like I'm cooking dinner and I'm just like thinking and it is, it has become such a insightful, like therapeutic practice for me almost to like Mm -hmm. get in touch with myself better. But I know so many people use it as a numbing agent. So how can we, how can we use it to like get the benefits, the power of it? Well, I, I always point people back to the fact that long before cannabis was a gummy, cannabis was used in sacred ceremonies and rituals for thousands of years. Wow. It was just since the 1930s that it's been outlawed as a drug, right? Mm -hmm. And so cannabis has a long history of being an entheogen. And entheogen is a substance that connects you to the divine within. And so that's a power, that's powerful, right? Like that is what it's here for. It is here to be our teacher. And when we use it, when we misuse it, there will be consequences of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I use cannabis. So there are times where I use cannabis when my relation, my relationship with her has ebbed and flowed for a long time. Yeah. And there have been times where I've misused, I've misused yeah. her um, for that, for that person, that, that uh, numbing out. For me, Absolutely. I find often it's, it's being able to feel my feelings. That's what she does for me. Instead of numbing mm-hmm. it, it's like to be able to just cope with the feelings. Yeah. Um, but my recommendation is to, to begin looking at it from a ritual standpoint um, and, and implementing rituals. So for me, like if I go, you know, three smoke sessions without cleaning my apparatus, I know that I'm just going for that next fix, that next hit. Whereas if I pause and I clean and I think about the medicine and I smell the medicine and I take my time with her and I set my intention for what do I want to get out of this experience? Um, that's, that's all that it takes to shift from numbing out to using Mm -hmm. it as a medicine. Wow. It's just intention, just like energy medicine, right? The magic of energy medicine is intention. And that's what cannabis does is that she shows us the energy of our body. Um, And then we're able to make decisions accordingly to be able to either shift that or enhance that or be with that or whatever needs to happen. 
Mm, so simple. I love that. And a prayer, um, like a blessing, I think is really always beautiful is to just, you know, bless and be thankful and give gratitude for the plant medicine. Um, it's been with us for a really long time. And, um, and, and just all the benefits that it can have for us. It just taking that moment to pause for gratitude, I think is really important too. Absolutely. I love the, the reframe of just calling it plant medicine and really mm-hmm. looking at it like that um, and seeing what it can provide as opposed to it just being like a party drug or anything like that. Like the, you're so right. Really the intention behind it is like, what will, what will make the experience or not? And since we are on the female CEO podcast, I have to mention that we get the medicine from the female part of the plant. Um, and right. <laughs> and, and she connects us to the divine feminine energy, right? Anybody who smokes weed knows that that is, it's a nurturing feminine energy that you get from weed. Um, and, um, and I think going into it with that intention can be really powerful too. Um, I also feel called to mention that since we've talked a lot about health today, and since we're on the subject of cannabis, um, the three three major diagnoses that women are plagued with, migraines, fibromyalgia, and irritable bowel syndrome, all three of those diagnoses have been contributed to clinical endocannabinoid deficiency, meaning our bodies naturally occurring have cannabinoids. The stuff that we get from smoke and dope is actually naturally occurring, you know, different molecules, but naturally occurring in our bodies. And so women who suffer from those three diagnoses have clinical cl- clinical endocannabinoid deficiency, meaning they don't have enough of those molecules. If they supplement with cannabis, many of them will find healing. And I just think it's really interesting that three of these major diagnoses that women struggle with are cure- is cured. I mean, alleviated, really, there are women who will say that they've been cured by the female portion of a, of a cannabis plant that was outlawed by a government uh, that was uh, men. I mean, don't you find that a little interesting? I do. I do (laughs) find that very interesting. Outlaw, outlaw marijuana and start pushing uh, birth control. Yeah, exactly. Right. Keep women out of their power, out of their bodies. Oh, and then let's throw in a little Victoria's Secret in there and make them all feel shame that they're not skinny and beautiful all the time. Right. Like, think about that. Oh Think my about gosh. where our world would be if women claimed the power in their bodies. Oh, yeah. it's coming though. I feel confident. Yeah, I know. I'm There's... inspired by women like you every day that it's like, no, this new generation, like they're, it's the, the quiet quitters, the, the people who are not going to just say yes to the society that is a shit show right now yeah. is coming. The big transition is here and we're going to be living in more, um, more in harmony that than than we have been. I feel that too. And I do, there Isn't is like a good? sense of like hope. Yes. Um, of yes. like good things are happening. There are good conversations being had. And I feel like people really are trying to educate themselves mm-hmm. um, or just are open to learning more and being more in touch with their bodies. And as we were talking earlier about how we are so uneducated on what's going on inside of our bodies as women, I feel like that will change with like the next generation, like the Mm. kids that we raise. Yeah. Because those are lessons that like, those are hard lessons that we had to learn. And we're like outraged that we don't know more. So like, absolutely. That's information that we are going 
to pass on and make sure that our daughters are educated and know what's going on and can be in tune with their body and not numb themselves out. So I feel like there really is like a huge shift coming, um, especially with these like next generations coming in as we are the, as we will be the moms, like parenting Mm -hmm. them and teaching them. And it's very exciting. Well, and we know so much more about trauma too, like, and how we're yeah. bringing up our babies, you know, just in yeah. nervous system regulation and emotional regulation. Like our parent, like my parents didn't know shit about that. Like, I just think that there's a lot of hope and inspiration in that too. And I, I, I work a lot with women in the perinatal period, um, you know, getting up infertility to getting pregnant, to being connected to baby while they're pregnant to their postpartum period. And so I get to see a lot of these babies that are coming into the world and I get to feel their spirits while I've got my hands on mama's belly, right? And these girls that are coming in have got a new level of fire about them. They they have these big personalities and they have big emotions, but they know what they want. It's like, I've watched a couple of them. It's like, she is two years old and she is claiming her space right now. Like, and it's just really exciting to see and then watch their moms who have this understanding of nervous system regulation and connection to their bodies. It's like, what are these little girls going to do when they grow up? I mean, they're literally going to change the world and it's really exciting to watch. Oh, I have full body chills right now. That's incredible. That is, that's so cool. And right? that I love that you can, that you can feel that, that you can sense that, that you, oh, yeah. that you know that like what a, what a gift, how, how cool Oh, I love that. <laughs> a, a, a change is coming for sure. Yeah, it's here. Um, it's here. We're the transition team. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that we are. Like this really is the generation that is like out with the old yep. and is going to make a change and is going to make an impact. And how exciting is that? Yeah. So you talked earlier, like very earlier on, um, about entrepreneurship and a spiritual journey and how you kind of have to go down that road if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. Can we dig into that just a little bit more to kind of close things out? I think that is something so important to have conversations around um, and just like a message that I really want to share on this show, like the importance of that. Um, so anything you have to add there or like for beginners on how they can start a spiritual journey or just kind of mm. the importance of it as entrepreneurs, because you're right, there's there's no room for all of that extra bullshit and baggage that we're carrying if you want to build a successful business. Mm-hmm. Well, I think first is getting clear with your intention of why you want to be a business owner. Why, mm-hmm. why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and to also, I think, come to the understanding and the recognition that we are spiritual. Like we are all spiritual. Um, we are all a human, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. And so to be very clear on your intention of your business, I think is really the first step um, because things can get really confusing and you, you get out there and you're, if you go at it from a place of like trying to like, I'm going to make money, like this is my way of making money. Right. And then when you, then there will be a point in your business where you won't be making money and then you have to, right. And then you have to then be clear of why am I still doing this? If that was to make money, right. It's, it's what's the purpose of the business. Um, And 
And then what, and then you have to then be clear on what's the purpose. What is my purpose? What is my business's purpose? Because that can get, that can get all kind of jumbled up and really confusing. Um, and, and then I think really knowing what alignment looks like and feels like for you and knowing what's required to get an alignment and stay in alignment. Mm. Um, because otherwise you're going to be running around and you're going to be spinning your wheels. Yeah. Um, and you won't ever get traction, right? Um, again, it's that external validation and, and knowing that that has to really come from within. Um, and then, and then there's this place I think that, like the reckoning of, you just have to choose to believe in yourself, and to believe in your spiritual connection that that you have all the answers within that you need. Um, but I think that you have to come to a place of of reckoning, of reconciliation, of like. I am choosing to trust myself moving forward um, because the alternative is, is not going to get me any further in my business. Wow. So true right there. That like self-awareness of like it's sink or swim, like it's now or never I need to figure this out or this isn't, this isn't going to work. Great. And then, and then at that point, what are you doing it for? Right? Like, We're, we're doing it to, to serve. We're doing it to, to um, create something. We're doing it to offer something that we wish, you know, I think that's probably a lot of what, why I do my business is I'm offering it because I know there's a lot of people like me that were looking for people like me that didn't have mm. that access to that. Right. Yeah. And so that's why, and so being clear on that. Um, so then when things do get difficult, when things don't come together the way that you expect them to, you can keep coming back to that intention and reminding yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. And you can stay grounded in that. And if you can stay grounded in your intention and stay open to the path, there's nothing that will stop you. Mm, absolutely. So Katie, I have a couple of questions to kind of round out the show that I mm-hmm. ask all of the guests that join us. Um, so first up, how do you balance at all? Like what has finding this balance looked like for you in running a successful business and, you know, helping others really making an impact and also keeping your head on straight and really protecting your peace? What has finding that balance looked like for you? Um, well, I think certainly coming back to the cycle um, and just, mm-hmm. you know, using that as a time to be reflective and to be in tune and kind of like a gut check, if you will. Hmm. Um but for me, it's been self-acceptance, wow. just accepting that, you know, there are going to be days where I'm going to want to grind and I'm going to have lots of great ideas and I'm going to just, ki- I'm going to kill it. And yeah. then there are going to be days where it's like, I have held space for some serious suffering. I have been safe space for people to share the the depths of their souls. Like, yeah, that's going to take some energy. And, yeah. and there are going to be days after that, that you don't want to feel like doing anything. And so it's, it's just really that self-acceptance of just where am I at, acknowledging where am I, where am I at and what do I need right now to take care of myself in this moment to be able to continue to serve? Because that's for me, like my whole thing is I have to keep, I have to figure this out. I have to figure out balance because if I'm not here, like then my service isn't out there. And I really believe Mm. in the service that I provide And I want to be able to continue to provide that long into my nineties. Like I have no plans of retirement. 
Like I am doing this forever. I am waking up one woman at a time until this world looks like Wonder Woman. You know, whatever that <laughs> island was where all those beautiful women are riding horses around. Like that's where I want to live. <laughs> like, like that's the peace and the harmony that I want to live in. And I won't stop until we get there. So, um, so I think that's been a, that's been a thing for me. It's just a, a check of like, I can't serve if I'm not balanced. That's incredible. That gives so much permission to so many women to release the feeling that they have to be on yes. every right. single day. It's right. It's just, it, maybe it's just not, it's not in our nature entirely. Like it's we, not in our cycle. Yeah. yeah. And it, speaking from my own self and experience, like I'm just so hard on myself when I have those off days I'm getting a lot better at it, uh, but I can just be so hard on myself or I just push through it, which yes. feels awful. Like it's never, it's never good. Um, and I, I feel icky and just like leaning back on those days where I'm like, today is not a day that I have the grind in me and that's mm -hmm. okay. And then really taking advantage and really kind of like taking the bull by the horns on those days when you do have energy and you do have the grit in you to move the needle in your business. And that way you don't have to stress on those days when you don't, because you're like, I already got exactly. it taken care of. Yeah. Or to know that that day is coming. That day might not be today, but it might yes. be coming in a couple of days where I'm going to get a bunch of shit done and I'm going to feel better about everything. Absolutely. Oh man, that's so, that's so good uh, because I, we're just so hard on ourselves as women. And I feel like that, that will help a lot. Just that self-awareness and that knowing. Ooh, I yeah. love that. Okay. So last question for you, Katie, what is one piece of advice that you have to share with other female entrepreneurs? You know, maybe something that you've learned in your career, maybe something that was a hard lesson to learn. Um, and you think maybe by sharing that piece of advice, it might help another woman. Mm -hmm. I, I think just to round it all out is that we, I, I love to, one of the things that I do in my practice is I hold women's faces. I think holding our face just feels so nurturing and comforting. We're all so touch starved, right? I mean, we all mm -hmm. crave like good, safe touch, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I always like to just remind women who they are. You know, you're loved, you're worthy, and you're an expression of the divine. And if you wow. believe that about yourself, nothing else matters. You're loved, you're worthy, and you're an expression of the divine. Wow. There's no arguing with that. The, mm -hmm. the way that just like, that makes you feel that like gives you like the warm fuzzies just kind of like fills you up. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. What a wonderful reminder. Oh, oh, Katie, this has been so wonderful. Like what an incredible conversation. This was so fun. And I love how, you know, kind of our goal in coming together was to talk about cycle syncing and how we were able to cover so much so more. much ground <laughs> we really did this was incredible like talk about a like spiritual healing and like feminine body <laughs> masterclass. <laughs> like <laughs> oh that's this so was sweet incredible. of you 
this was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your your wisdom and your knowledge um, and all of the like the tips that you provided and just so much insight. I feel like so much permission was given today and so much grace that I hope the women listening are kind of turning this episode off with their shoulders a little bit further down from their ears and feeling like it's possible for them to have it all and to do it all and to be it all while, you know, still really honoring themselves and just being so much kinder to themselves. This was incredible. Katie, please let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, work with you, all of the things. Awesome. Well, I would direct everyone to my website at your higher path healing. Um, pun intended. (laughs) Um, And so my primary focus there is one-on-one body work sessions with Healing Touch. So um, I do those those sessions both in person um, and I also do distance and virtual work as well. Um, And then um, beyond the one-on-one body work sessions, I do uh, groups that meet on the Tuesdays of the new moon and the full moon. um, And we do group energy medicine. So we come together as a community of women um, and we hold space for each other in this, we have so, so many of us are going through similar healing journeys, right? And not everyone um, can uh, dedicate uh, that one-on-one time for energy medicine and body work. And so that's what the groups offer. Um, so you can find me on my website at yourhigherpathhealing.com. Um, and there's a, a, a request button to schedule a connection call with me. I love to chat with my people for a few minutes um, to just to see if it's a good fit and to see yeah. what you're up against and how I can support And then uh, for the local people who are in the Twin Cities metro area, I offer cannabis and cacao ceremonies um, regularly. And then for the cannabis consumers, once a month on the first Sunday of the month, I have a group called High Council. It's a women's only cannabis group where we meet, we smoke weed together, and we are just in our bodies together. Um, And it's an incredibly powerful experience. Um, If you haven't done a cannabis meditation before, I really highly recommend it. You can RSVP right on my website for it. Um, It's a 90 minute event and um, it's likely to blow your mind. So, and then you can of course find me on Instagram at your higher path healing. And then I'm on, on Facebook as well. Wow. Oh, Katie, thank you so, so much. Everybody go connect with Katie, just even as a reminder, um, as you see her in your feed to like, give yourself some grace. Yes. Um, and it's like a reminder of this conversation and all of the incredible things that we talked about. I hope you are able to take some tools from this and put them into your toolbox to become a better version of yourself and to become a better woman um, and more in touch with yourself. Katie, thank you so, so much Mm -hmm. for joining us today. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I will catch you on the next episode.